0: You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockolds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome listeners to episode 9 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me Ian Knockolds and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the bulletin it is Tom Hiscott. Hello Tom how are you?
1: Yeah I'm doing well thanks yourself.
0: I'm okay. Did you uh, did you get to any of the uh, any games over the weekend?
1: Uh, no, I I was uh, on, on rugby duty on Saturday afternoon, so I didn't manage to, to get to any, any football this weekend, unfortunately. How about yourself?
0: Uh, I, I spent a very enjoyable family weekend um, with my, my wife and, and our lovely children and uh, our nearest and dearest because it was my wife's birthday. These are the sacrifices that, of course, football fans have to make. Um, not that I regret it for a minute, listeners. I had a lovely time. Um, I did, in fairness, have my football fix earlier in the week. I was able to take in the the rearranged fixture between Devizes Town and Welton Rovers. I'm very pleased to report that the lights stayed firmly on on this occasion. So 90 minutes was had, albeit that that wasn't particularly to the pleasure of the hometown, um, of the home team, because, of course, had the game finished after 89 minutes, Devizes would have won. 2-0 Two nil, as it was. It was a two-all draw. Just going to show that, um, well, sides really do need to be paying attention right up to the very last minute. Maybe Welton Rovers will make a, a habit of this, um, snatching a draw out of the the jaws of defeat. Um, maybe we should start calling it Jared Greenhall time. Who could say? <laughs> but um, it, was, uh, it was. It was. It was. Would it was. Was it one for the purist? Probably was. Really, on reflection, I thought Devizes were sort of going to run away with things after, um, you know, they went 2 0 up. But you know, Welton kept on plugging away, and they got their reward for it. So, um, um, uh, an enjoyable evening out I had with my father. I must say, I took him to the game, and it's his first time at the Wembley of and he, uh, he certainly had a good time um, our games this week don't start on um, Tuesday the 1st of October um, but they do start on Friday the 4th of October because we've got a ground hop to talk about Tom and the opening fixture in this season's ground hop was Lebec United of course a new side to the Toolstation Western League uh, and they took on the Miners Radstock Town
1: yeah it's fantastic to, to see the, the new side uh, getting involved with the ground hop straight away and uh, yeah being the, the uh the first side uh, this year to to host the game and it and it was a big crowd of course 192 down there uh, on Friday night and it was a it was a home win. So uh, plenty to plenty to cheer on at Oaklands Park. Uh, a three one victory for, for LeBec over Radstock. Um, obviously a big win last weekend uh, uh for, for, for LeBec as well. Uh, and they went ahead in the ninth minute in this one thanks to a penalty from Cameron Brown. Uh, Kurt James uh, then doubled their advantage uh, before Radstock pulled a goal back from the spot themselves. Uh, James Rustle, uh, was the leading scorer this season, he got on the score sheet for, for Radstock. Uh, but then Twain Plummer uh, restored Lebec's two-goal advantage early in the second half. And uh, yeah, they held on, held on despite losing a man uh, to a red card on the hour mark. So uh, a good win for Lebec.
0: Now we move on to Saturday, the 5th of October. And before we turn our attentions again, to the, uh, the, the ground hop weekend. We should, we should, well, we should pay homage to the small matter of the FA Cup third qualifying round. Of course, it was our one and only sole surviving representative club in that competition, Tavistock. They were travelling away to Welling United. 491 saw this game, but unfortunately the Western League's journey, Tavistock's journey in the FA Cup, Tom, has sadly come to an end
1: yeah unfortunately so uh just one step too far uh, a 4-1 uh defeat uh, for them away at welling uh bradley goldberg scoring a hat-trick for, for welling he's uh i know from following bath city a little bit that he's among the, the leading scorers in in that uh, non-league south uh has been for a couple of years now he's a yeah a pretty prolific uh front man so it's not too much of a surprise that he was among the goals on saturday afternoon i think he had a hat-trick before before half time but uh, yeah fantastic effort from tavistock to, to reach the stage and uh, yeah i'm sure they'll be able uh, to take some of their league for up their cup cup form into into the league this season and uh, yeah mount uh, mount a promotion chase
0: yeah they're certainly my team to watch i think i've been really impressed by the way that they've gone in the cup competitions and they're obviously a very good outfit they haven't played that many league games because of their cup form, mm. so it'll be very interesting to see how they make up for that um back in the uh, in the western league competition anyway moving into the premier division and we kick off with our next Ground hop game. It was Bradford Town. They were at home to Clevedon Town, and of course, Clevedon have been on a very fun of form over the month of September. But it came to a bit of a shuddering halt in the month of October.
1: Yeah, they've had a had a tough week, haven't they? I think they suffered a pretty heavy defeat in midweek, and then, yeah, not not the easiest of fixtures to to try and rebound from uh, away at Bradford, who uh, yeah picked up their seventh league win uh, of the season, a two-nil uh, victory over Clevedon. Another. Another pretty pretty, pretty impressive crowd, 2 8 there. And it was goals uh, in either half from Tyson Pollard firing uh, firing Bradford to the 2-0 victory.
0: Now, I know you're a man who likes goals, Tom, and there's plenty of them in this next game. Um, more goals than in any other game in the Premier Division on Saturday. It was Brislington against Chipping-Sodbury Town.
1: Yeah, indeed. Uh, a brilliant game. Uh, Chipping-Sodbury eventually prevailing. Uh, by four goals to three, uh, they they led three-one at the break, uh, thanks to goals from Luke Berman, uh, Justin Bishop, and Miles Gibson. Uh, but then Brisington managed to to fight back. A couple of goals from uh, Danny Barwood. Uh, I think he got sent off for midweek. So uh, a good, uh, good response from him. Uh, managed to to get Brisington back on on level terms. Uh, but the Sods did push on, and uh, yeah, they've had a, a bit of a, a a winless run. It's stretched back quite a while. So this will be a. An excellent three points for them. And, uh, yeah, a 4-3 winner at Brissington and a fairly entertaining game there.
0: Now, Shepton Mallet are a side that we've been bigging up a lot on the podcast so far this season. They've got off to an excellent start. They've uh, put together a really good side and they look like they're going to be very competitive this season. But, um, well, they they came off, off the rails somewhat against um, what is proving to be a very formidable roman Glass St. George side.
1: Yeah, from, from what I've heard, this was, yeah, not, not too much of a... Um, yeah, it wasn't a snatch-and-grab or anything like that. Roman Glass and George definitely get held their own and, uh, yeah, probably deserved the deserve the victory. Both goals coming in the second half, 2-0 win, and it was Choi Simpson and then Josh Morgan-Williams racking up the victory. So, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty good win. I think it was just their second league winner of the, the campaign, but Roman Glass showing, showing signs of, uh, yeah, a, a, as you say, a, a strong outfit and a 2-0 win over Shepton's definitely not to be sniffed at.
0: And our last game in the Premier Division on Saturday, the 5th of October, um, was Westbury United against high-flying
2: Bitten?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, Bitten um, come unstuck in this one. Uh, a 2-1 win for Westbury, their third third win on the spin. Uh, it's an excellent run for them, little run uh, to start October. Uh, Ryan Bowl putting this home side ahead uh, with a curled free kick uh, with Steve Holbert uh, then providing a cross for Matt Jones to, to volley home their second just towards the end of the first half, giving them a, a two-goal advantage at the break. Uh, there was a deflected effort from Mitch Tippins during the second half for Bitten, uh, but usually uh, pretty reliable in front of goal. Uh, they only managed one on, on Saturday afternoon, and uh, it was it was Westbury who ran out 2-1 victors.
0: Well, of course, if I'm not at um, uh, Devizes on a Saturday afternoon, there's a pretty good chance I might be at Westbury. Um Westbury joint manager Neil Kirkpatrick is, um, is a regular on the podcast and, um, and of course he's a fellow Pompey fan so why wouldn't, I, would, why wouldn't I want to get him back on again well that win against Bitten was all the excuse I needed now Westbury as we've just um, heard from Tom have made a pretty good fist of things at the start of this season not quite as good as they managed at the beginning of last season but still not bad they're fourth in the table so I started by asking Neil was he happy with that start to the season?
3: Yes, in terms of where we were a couple of weeks ago, um, definitely got to be very pleased and particularly uh, picking up points against uh, Roman Glass and Bitten who are two very, very good sides. Um, I think our sort of turning point was we we took a bit of a hiding against Shepton Mallet a couple of weeks ago. Um, We had a good long chat with the players, looked at a lot of things. Worked hard, very hard, at, in the training session on a certain certain aspects, and that's really, you know, credit to players. that's paid dividends uh, in the last two games.
0: So that win at the weekend against Bitten. Now they've had a little bit of a wobble, but by their standards, over the last couple of weeks. But still, that's um, that's a very pleasing result. Were you happy with the performance? Uh,
3: massively. So i mean, this you Yeah, know, I know they were missing what well, Scott Bryce and uh, Dean Griffiths up top, but you know, they get a certain fellow, Karim Randall just steps in up front for them, He's <laughs> an absolute handful. Um, and they're a very, very, very good side. And, you know, we had to, well, from 1 to, 11, well, one to 14, work their socks off, um, you know, to get the points. I mean, they, we were two up at half-time, and they, you know, they came out us the second half, and and we, you know, back to the wall, and... All right, we could have pinched a couple on the break, um, but yeah, we had to, as I say,
0: earn it. <laughs> Those points were very, very well earned. Um, you, you did so well at the start of last season. In fairness, you know, looking back on last season, you did, you know, you did very well throughout it, but particularly the start. Do you yeah. think that that raised people's expectations as to where you could finish this time around?
3: Uh, possibly, I think again I think the better level of football you go people try and work you out or do work you out um, you know and after after Christmas last year I think probably sides took us more seriously than perhaps they had in the first half of the season having just come up from the first division they um, certainly you know seem to this season again giving us uh, I suppose a bit more respect that we, we, we are a good side um, but this. You know, I've heard several of just say this division this season is so tough so tough I think every side has um, recruited well and, and improved their squads um, and uh, you know there's, there's no freebies in it at all
0: so what has that done to your own expectations where where do you want uh, the, the team to finish this season
3: well I, I, I mean, we look at every game every game you want to win don't you and that will never change as long as I'm involved in football, you, you know, I feel we can be competitive in every game but um, I don't know, it, it's so so tough, I mean Parkway seem to be putting everybody to the sword at the minute um, and as I said we've played tough they are a very very good side and they'll, they'll be up there, obviously we haven't played Exmouth yet and they've, they've started exceptionally well um, Bridgewater I think have recruited superbly and they'll be up there Um, so you know there's four or five teams already and um, you know if you're inconsistent you could be middle or lower half of the table so it's a boring, boring cliche but we'll just go about our business and take it one week at a time I think and hopefully we can have a good run in a couple of cup competitions and finish as high as we possibly can
0: now, I remember the last time I spoke to you early in, la- in last season, um, you told me that the, um, the pre-season had been a bit of a nightmare for you for one reason or an- another, that the Wolves had been circling around your squad. <laughs> D- did you have a quieter pre-season this time around?
3: It was certainly a little bit easier in that respect. Uh, I mean, Dick's problem was availability as every other manager tells you um, with holidays and weddings and stag weekends and you name it players were away but um, and that carried on into the first few games of the season so um, but no it was it was a lot less stressful you know we got players signed early um, I mean obviously we did lose a couple with um, Callum Dempkiv and the and Jeffers going to Melksham um, but then we you know we've recruited well. Uh, Ryan Bowl coming in and from devices and Sunny Jordan from Poulton Rovers So you know we felt we've recruited really well. And obviously Callum's just come back, which is a, a, a nice bonus for us as well. So yeah, it was, you know we pretty much maintaining the, the same squad. Um, again, we've had Matt Jones at centre half. You probably. Uh, didn't play any football really last season. Lee's um, been back in for the last, I think it's probably four games, and again that's made a, a huge difference to us as well in the spine of the side. Um, and you know we can now we've got a settled squad working with them at training. It's, it, it just makes everything better, and we can be more organised because you've, you've got to be because every other side every other side is, and um, you know we just know we've got to be right on our game every week.
0: Well, you've got three games in ten days coming up. That starts with the match against Royal Wooten-Bassett in the County Cup competition, yeah. followed by Saturday's match against Badshot-Lee in the Vars, and then the small matter of a trip to Tavistock in the league. That's the Saturday after next, so it's going to be an exciting time for you and the fans. Yeah, and then
3: straight after Tavistock, we have Bridgewater on the Wednesday, followed by a trip to Plymouth on, the, on that Saturday.
0: So, um, I didn't it, want to depress you. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, but again, you know, we know we've got, to, we know we've got to play well in every game. Um, like, as I say, we've got 18, 19 lads. They will all get plenty of game time, which is, you know, nobody likes sitting on the bench. Um, you yeah, know, they all want to play, uh, but you know, we will have to shuffle the pack over over the next couple of weeks. Because Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday is. You know, it will catch up, players will get niggles. And we had it with Roman Glass last Wednesday. I mean, they, they, there's no way they will finish, in, you know, where they are at the minute. They, if they keep that side together, they'll finish in the top eight, no, no doubt about it. They will score a full of goals, um, you know. And the, the lads are out right on their feet after that game. And then to obviously go again against Bitten two days later, three days later. Um, you know, and again, they had to work their socks off for the 90 minutes. So it will be about 18, 19 players over the coming weeks, without
0: a doubt. I mean, it is mouth-watering the matches that you have in the Western League, and I think what you've said about the... Um,
3: That's the, not a word I would have <laughs> Well, I mean, from the fans... No, no, it is, it is...
0: Is and, and, of course, the fact of the ma- momentum, as you know from last season, is a funny thing in football, isn't it? Oh, you keep right. winning yep. and you keep the winning habit, even if you're winning ugly. You know yep. that, that not only could it have a big say on your season, but it could, of course, affect what the top of the table looks like in the Premier Division. That That's all very exciting stuff, but perhaps nowhere near as exciting as the, the, the challenge on Saturday against Badshot Lee in the Vars. You mentioned you want to do well in the Cup competitions. So how much do you know about Badshot before that game?
3: Not a great deal Obviously they're combined counties league Um, Although they're mid-table They've got games in hand Which if they win They'll be right up at the top end So um, You know We'll prepare for another tough game really Um, You know I I say Don't know know Very little about them It's a little bit easier When we play some of the Wessex sides Because of various contacts And what have you It's easier to get information on But um, we're, we're trying to find out a little bit more, but um, to be honest with you, it's, it, it's since the Shepton game. The f- sorry, I said two games. It's the three games we've had since Shepton. It's really just been all about us, not the opposition. Um, get ourselves right, and we'll compete, and we'll give anybody a game. So it, that'll be our main focus. Is you know just make sure that we're right, and if we're if we're right, if we get beaten, then you hold your hands up to him and say, well done.
0: And, of course, there are those league matches as well that are going to, I'm sure, take the attention. Um, But as far as Saturday is concerned, um, we've just had the ground hop, of course. Um, I know Westbury weren't um, one of the featured sides in that competition, but we've got non-league day coming up, and hopefully the nationwide publicity around that particular um, event will um, we'll encourage a few more punters out who perhaps haven't been to see their local um, grassroots side. Um, what what have you got planned um, for Saturday? Obviously, it's a big game anyway with Bad Shot, but have you been able to sort of embrace non-league day?
3: Yeah, there's, um, the local uh, paper Whitehorse News are putting an article in that um, was prepared for us um, and we have our charity partner which is um hope for tomorrow are hopefully bringing a mobile cancer care unit but it's it's, the the timescale might be a bit tight for that but if not they'll be they'll be um you know having banners and handing out flyers and things like that so um and then we've also got the westbury united youth one of the youth teams is providing mascots for the day so you know hopefully a few people that wouldn't normally come and watch us. Can um, come along and hopefully enjoy it and come back again.
0: Well, certainly a big crowd and a and a good atmosphere. I'm sure will help you and your side in that competition. And perhaps if people enjoy what they see on Saturday, particularly if it's a winning performance, they might be encouraged to come down and um, and and cheer you on throughout that competition.
3: Definitely. Yeah, as I say, there's an awful lot going on behind the scenes at the club in terms of you know tidying the old place up. Uh, the investment in the pitch um, it was quite actually quite nice to overhear there were a few of the Britain lads were there early, and they stood around chatting and heard a couple of them say wow this place has smartened up a bit it's, you know the pitch is looking good and as I say we've got a gang of workers who go out there every Wednesday and you know they've they, they put in so much time and effort that um, you know hopefully we can reward them with our you know performances on the pitch as well
2: Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Toolstation. Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Toolstation. Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this. Oh no, we got all the best brands too: Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job. Top saving. With over fifteen thousand trade quality products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every job. Hard to beat.
0: At Toolstation.com and all three hundred and forty branches. Now, moving on to the first division matches, and again, we're still on um, Saturday, the 5th of October here, and our opening match is, uh, well, high-flying Cheddar. They were at home to Hengrove for a long time. Hengrove couldn't buy a win in this league. That wasn't the case on Saturday, was it, Tom?
1: No, absolutely. I suppose if you call Cheddar high-flying, I think Hengrove would have had to be low-flying coming into this one, but uh, yeah, a 1-0 win. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're among the form teams in, in in the division at the moment. Uh, really good run of results in this, yeah. Well, I don't think many would have picked it if you were, yeah, predicting on, on Friday night. Uh, a 1-0 win uh, for Hengrover away at Cheddar. Pretty late goal, Regan Burton, that handed them, uh, yeah, all three points. And they continue to, to move up the table. And, uh, unfortunately, for Cheddar, they come unstuck again. A couple of, uh, yeah, sticky, sticky sticky results for them of, of, of late. But hengrove running out 1-0 winners.
0: Now our next featured game is another one of the ground hop games it was Puddish Head against Longwell Green Sports and if you thought Brislington against Chipping Sodbury was golds galore well, you should have you should have been at Puddish Head eight goals this time Tom and um, well another bumper crowd to match
1: yeah i'm not sure where to start with this one it was a yeah eight goal thriller um 262 there so yeah brilliant ground hop crowd uh, but there was only one goal in the first half so it was uh, yeah very much hurt. doesn't doesn't matter if people maybe we're a bit late there from from another fixture, but uh, yeah, just one goal. Danny Carter uh, firing home a spot kick uh, to put Longwell Green ahead. Uh, Mitch Osmond then responding uh, with a penalty of their own for, for Porter's head uh, early in the second half to make it one all uh, with uh, Carter and then uh, probably my favourite name, uh, my new favourite name, uh, Lovejoy Maffini, adding a third for, for Longwell Green. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Uh, belting name, isn't it?
0: What do you one. think I mean is he an antiques dealer with that sort of name?
1: I would hope there's something of, of that sort going on with him. Um if not, he's a hopefully he's a prolific goal scorer and we get to read his name out every Saturday. That'd be that'd be excellent. Uh, so he put them three one up. Uh Osman then uh, responded with another spot kick uh, for Porter's Head. Uh, but uh, it was it was Longwell Green who managed to push on. Uh, goals from Sam Crubb and Connor Britton uh, in the final quarter, uh, helping them to 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 get the uh, the five goal tally. Porter's head. Uh, pulling one back from, from Callum Eastwood. But uh, yeah, they fell short. But uh, yeah, brilliant game for the uh, the Groundhoppers and uh, a brilliant result for Longwell Green in the in the grand scheme of things. A 5-3 victory uh, away at Porter's Head.
0: It's fascinating, isn't it, to see that there really is something in the water when it comes to away sides doing well in the ground hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it possibly is the size of the crowds and there was no bigger crowd over the entire ground hop than, it, um, than between Warminster Town and Bristol Telephones. Now, Big crowds aren't unheard of at Warminster. We've highlighted it on many occasions on the podcast. Roland Millwall does a fantastic job of driving interest in Warminster. Um, not just a football club but in the town, gets a lot of people interested in the game. So it's hardly surprising that really the 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 three figure attendance, as Tom I'm sure will, will tell you shortly was nearly a well, was more than 100 um, higher than in any other ground-hop games. Hardly surprising because Warminster, as we know, have their own following. Warminster, of course, a side that I thought would do well before the season started. They came up against a side that had not won yet this season. They'd got one point in the last match that they'd played at home, and that was against Devizes Town, who aren't really setting the world alight themselves. So, really, there was only ever going to be one winner here, Tom, wasn't there? <laughs>
1: That's what you'd have thought. But, uh, yeah, as you say, uh, the away side seemed to be, um, yeah, very much up for this weekend in the ground top. And, uh, yeah, another of our of our ground top hosts, unfortunately, came unstuck. A, a 3-2 win uh, for Bristol Telefans uh, at Warminster, as you say, their first three points of, of, of the campaign. Uh, Luke Bamfield firing them ahead. Uh, but Warminster did turn it round uh, Two goals uh, at the end of the first half uh, from Jack Millick and then James Vincent uh, putting putting, putting Warminster ahead, uh, but I think this was the Saturday night fixture. So uh, yeah, long, long into the night, but it was uh, Bristol telephones who, who fought back Darnie Golding. Uh, he's yeah, probably their, their star man in front of gold, especially, uh, managed to level things up three minutes into the second half uh, and then uh, Bamfield managed to, to score a second uh, to, to secure a much needed victory for the away side. So three two Bristol telephone, ran out winners uh, away at Warminster.
0: He certainly did now. And Bristol Telephones, um, we haven't heard a lot of them from the last couple of seasons, but I'm very pleased to report that we do have an interview for, with them on, uh, on this uh, week's edition of the podcast, and it is with Jack Richardson. Jack is the first team coach at Bristol Telephones, and I started off my conversation with him congratulating him on that win at Warminster Town.
2: Yeah, um, really, really happy to be talking to you, and uh, yeah, absolutely delighted with um, Saturday. It's, it's been really good for the lads to get kind of three points on board. Uh, everyone's been really happy the last few days, so, so yeah, it was a brilliant night Saturday night, so hopefully
0: the first of many. Um, it was a ground-hop game on Saturday, so you had a massive crowd. It was, the, I think it was certainly the biggest of the day, and it was a late yeah. kick-off as well, wasn't it? It was quarter to eight, so did that make any difference um, for your team, do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean it was a it was a bit of a weird day, um, to be honest. Like for me in terms of like preparation, like obviously normally Saturday kind of um like me and Sean are normally up at the club by like eleven o'clock if we're at home. Um I kind of had to go shopping in the day, um, do things like that, and then yeah, go out to football late. It felt, it felt a bit strange, but um, it was it was a, it was a really good atmosphere out there. Like you said, there was a, I think it was like 369 in attendance. Um, it kind of made for a really good game, um, and I think our lads really stepped up to the challenge of that because um, obviously a lot of them probably haven't played in a in a situation like that in a night game and with we a crowd that size. It was really good to see everyone kind of um, come out and put in a, a performance like that.
0: Now, Warminster were one of the fancied sides, certainly at the beginning of the season. Now, it's been a bit of a stuttering start to their campaign. What, I mean, what did you make of them, particularly at home?
2: Um, it, was, it, was difficult, uh, it was difficult to say, really. I thought they were, I thought they were dangerous in the first um, kind of 45 minutes. I, I, I said to Sean on the side, um, I think they had a really, really quick lad up front. I think he was the lad that ended up getting sent off. Um, So I did say, and we said to our our back four a couple of times, you might have to drop off because they were getting in behind a couple of times. But I still felt, even in that, I I think we were at our strongest in that first 45 minutes, to be honest. We created four or five opportunities to to score. We only got one. And, And to be fair, you can tell they were a good side because in the first half they had... Three or four chances, and they scored two goals. Um, so it shows their quality up the top, and, and they can put the ball in the back of the net. I, I mean, the second half it was a difficult one for them. Obviously, going down to ten men, um, it's, it's always difficult when you when you lose a man, anyway. Um, and, and to be fair, they come out and attacked us. I wasn't, being honest I wasn't really expecting it. They were too what, one down. I thought they might have tried to kind of sit in and and uh, soak up, and, and then they. Obviously, we scored two goals within, I think it was 15 minutes anyway, so they had to come and have a go at us then, but even before that, they were still having a go at us. So, that was a challenging game, and they were a tough side, definitely. Well, you got the
0: three points in the end, and that goes with the first point of the season that you picked up um, in your last league game. That was against Devizes yes. at, the, at the end of September. I mean, in fairness, it's not been an easy start um, f- to this to this season, but you, do you think with the last two results that um, you can you can push on from here?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, I think we've all been saying in house definitely. I mean, the devices game result so was a bit of a turning point. Um, obviously, it was a the first half was a little bit of a stalemate. Not much was going on really, and it was 0 nil half time. Um, and then within three minutes of the second half, we were one 0 down and down to ten men. Um, so that was a challenge and to be honest I think it took something like that for our lads to really get going they, they were put in an awkward situation and they ended up coming back going 3-2 up and sadly losing it I think it was the 93rd minute just got the equaliser um, so it would have been good if we could have held on there but obviously under the circumstances I think we were happy with a point um, but like you said it, is, it has been a tough start to the season um, we've, we've come up against some good sides I don't think I think from our opinion or we haven't really been in any games, maybe apart from the Hengrove one in the cup where we lost five one, um, but apart from the rest, we've all we've always competed in games and it's always been quite close. And I think from our point of view, we felt if we could if we could get a result somewhere, we the lads' kind of mentality might change. And, they might start to have a little bit more belief and a bit of confidence um, in them. And I think that showed Saturday. Obviously, we've got reported devices, like we said. I've seen a different side to a lot of the players. I've seen a really good kind of fight from all of them, a the work effort, which I haven't seen from a few of them. Um, and it was really good that we carried it on to, into Saturday because, I mean, it was another tough situation Saturday. We were 2-1 down at half time, um where we should have been leading the game. Um, and, and I said to the boys, show me the fight you showed the Devices and you'll get three points. And, and they did that. And, and like you said, we got the three points.
0: So going into this, um, this season, how optimistic were you uh, about how well the side would do?
2: Um, I mean it's, it's always tough like obviously when I come in I, was, I wasn't obviously being brutally honest I wasn't too familiar with obviously I'd seen their results last year i seen a little bit but um, I was told that it'd be, it'd be a different group this year and, and it has been a different group there's only a couple of lads still around from last year um, and, and I kind of was always I think you've always got to be optimistic otherwise there's no point going in anywhere I think yeah um, I think a lot of players come back this season who have kind of gone off and then come back. And after the first couple of training sessions, I was optimistic that we that I believe we won't be down there come the end of the season um, because we've got a really talented group. And I think it just kind of took a little bit of, like I said earlier, a bit of, bit of confidence, a bit of belief. I think some of them kind of were still in the mindset of last season, the ones that were there and the ones that have seen the results last season. Uh, we 're still in kind of that frame of mind, and we just needed to, our biggest challenge really was to get them out of that frame of mind. Um, hopefully we turn the corner now and i 'm still optimistic that we can kind of kick on from this result and we won 't be kind of near the bottom towards um, but towards the end of the season anyway
0: so you 've mentioned that there 's quite a few new faces in in the squad this season for the fans um, uh, which, which players in particular, which new signings have you got that you, you, you think um, are worth watching out for this season?
2: Um, I mean, well, we've got a young lad who scored uh, two of our goals on Saturday, Luke Banfield, he's on loan from Canesham at the moment, um, he had a really good game Saturday. I think he's a really good player and one to watch out with in the future. we signed uh, Alex O'Neill, who's in a similar boat to Luke, uh, coming from Canesham. He's a really good, talented young player. Um, we've got George White, who's a centre-half, who come with me. He's a, he's a good player, and I always felt George just needed kind of an opportunity to play at this level. And I think he's played every minute of every game so far this season, so he's doing really well. Uh, We've just re-signed Aaron Gray-Banks in goal, Um, who's doing well, and obviously I think Danny Golding come back, the striker, who went away at the end of, I think he wasn't playing last season, he's come back this season, and he's just started to hit a bit of form, I think he's got four goals in his last three games, Um, so I think it's really key that we get him firing again, Um, and yeah, and then, and also in Saturday's squad, we had two lads that we brought in from Chippenham, uh, from Chippenham under 23s I think it is, Uh, and it was a left back playing Ash. He's only 16, but he had a really good game Saturday, and we had a young Joel in the middle as well. So we've we've got loads of talented players, and we've we've luckily we've got a really big pool of players to to, to pit from every week. Um, so it gives me and Sean a headache every week. Um, so yeah, loads of new guys and loads of talented guys as well.
0: Excellent, a, a nice problem to have, I'm sure. Um,
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Now your next match is against Almondsbury. That's at home um, this weekend, and a a win against them could lift you off the bottom of the table.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean,
2: I I think I said that to the lads. I only on Saturday, but I kind of decreased them after the game. I think the thing is the league, so tight in a minute, we're still really early in, into the season, I don't think we were taking too much notice of the table see for us, it's just about picking up points and getting them quick um, but yeah, there's just extra motivation on the game for the lads Saturday to know that if we do get a win we might be lifted off the bottom, which would be brilliant, because um, like I said, we don't want to be down there um, so yeah, it's a really good chance for our lads to kind of carry this on as well Saturday because um, obviously the last two games have been good, we're, we're unbeaten in two weeks there's a bit of a not an expectation but there is in a way to, to carry that on now and kind of for the lads to kick on and prove that the two results previous weren't, weren't just a flute that we can perform like that every week
0: Well um, belief is obviously is going to be a commodity that's going to be pretty important to you because after that Almondsbury game um, you, mm. you take on three um, of the top six uh, in succession yeah. Wing Canton Ashton and Backwell and Khan and of course the league leaders I mean, is that? do you see those matches as an opportunity for your side to show how good they really are, or does that look a pretty daunting um, run, of, run of fixtures for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think all games in this, in this league are very tough, um, but saying that, the results at the moment, we're looking at week in, week out, proving that teams near the bottom can beat teams near the top. I mean, I think... Hengro beat Cheddar, didn't they? One nil Saturday. Um, So it can happen. Uh, We've got we've got to use results like that to say that they've gone and do do it, now it's our turn to go and do it. I think, like I said, on your day, I think you can beat anyone in in your league. Um, and we've just got to make sure that, especially if we get a win Saturday, we should be flying into those games. Um, and, and anything can happen if, if, if you're on a good run of form. And, and like I said, all your players are believing that they can do it. So, yeah, I wouldn't have said they're we, daunting for us. We're, we kind of relish the challenge and are looking forward to those games.
0: Now, just before we let you go, Jack, this is the first time that we've, we've had you on the podcast. Uh, of course, yeah. you are the, the first team coach at um, Bristol Telephones. Can you tell us a little bit about your footballing background? and what's um, what's led you to get involved with Bristol telephones
2: yeah I mean um, so I've been managing for the last six seasons now um, I'm only 22 um, so I started managing when I was like 16 right, f- fresh out of kind of school and into college um, I had to stop playing football when I was about 13 because I got ill when I was in school. So, yeah, I wasn't allowed to play anymore. So I went just kind of, after I went allowed to play, I kind of looked around and wanted to get straight into coaching. Um, left school, got, got involved with kind of my mate's team coaching that and then kind of one thing led to another. Um, and I just kept following that kind of pathway. Um, I ended up at Kingswood in the Gloucester County League uh, a couple of seasons ago, which was a really good kind of... Um, really good test for me going out there kind of my first it was my kind of first job when I went in on my own not knowing anyone and I really enjoyed it Um, unfortunately it was a little little bit Trouble, not trouble off the scenes, but they, they had to fold one team just due to numbers which was a shame so I ended up uh, leaving there but um, I went to Rockleys for the back end of last season um, and then yeah in the summer I kind of was looking around kind of my next move I, I said to Rockleys I wanted to kind of have a, have a look what, what, what might be out there for me um, and I kind of got in touch with telephones and just said look this is what I could potentially do for you if you'd be interested we met up and and, yeah, we kind of went from there, really. It's been really good since I've got in there, really, really welcoming. Um, everyone's on the same page, wanting the same thing, working towards the same goal, which is just to get the club out of the kind of situation they were in last year. Um, and like I said, I'm confident we can do that. We've got a really good group of players, really good management team, really good people off the, off the pitch as well. So everything's there for the club now to, to keep going um, and have more nights like Saturday night, hopefully, in the future.
0: And my thanks to Jack for his time. Now, just before we move on to the ground hop on on Sunday, um, just picking up on one of the themes that Jack mentioned in that interview. Um, I've personally, I'm a, I'm an embodiment of this in many respects. That. Um, I'm a great believer that for people who love the game of football, uh, there are many roles uh, that we can get involved with um, to keep us as as an active part of the game and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to play the game or manage or officiate. there's lots of other very very important functions that you can um, that you can take up um, in in administration and publicity um, as well so I was really quite struck with the conversation that I had with Jack earlier from that interview that um, his story shows that from an early age, even though you haven't had the opportunity to perhaps play the game, as I'm sure Jack wanted to, he has found a pathway into coaching and which has led him to a very active involvement um, with Bristol Telephones. And of course, you've heard just how satisfied and really um, fired up he is um, about this season. So I think that's a really good lesson for anybody who is listening to this and thinks actually maybe I would really like to do a little bit more than watch the game that I love on a Saturday afternoon, get involved because there's plenty of voluntary positions that I'm sure clubs um, the length and breadth of the Western League would, um, would, be, would dearly love people to participate in. Anyway, before we wrap up our review of this, uh, this week's um, fixtures, um, we will take a look at one more of our Groundhog Games. There were two fixtures on Sunday, the 6th of October. Again, it won't surprise you um, that the away sides did rather well. Exmouth beat Wellington uh, in, our, in our later kick-off. But earlier in the day, Bridport, of course, just had a change of manager, took on high-flying Bridgewater Town.
1: Yeah, and Bridgewater, um, one of those sides that, uh, uh, if they get on a roll, um, they can certainly rack up the goals, and uh, that was very much the case on on Sunday, a six-nil victory uh, away at uh, Bridport. Uh, Mike Duffy uh, scoring uh, before half time with a with a good lobbed finish. Uh, there was a, a couple of a uh, couple of goals in the final ten minutes from Sam Towler to wrap things up. But uh, yeah, the star of the show, David O'Hare, grabbing uh, grabbing a, a hat trick, and uh, yeah, Bridgewater. Uh, rolling to another another big winner, six-nil victory away at Bridport.
0: Tom, thank you very much um, for that. We uh, we now turn our attentions to the up-and-coming fixtures. We're not going to worry too much about the midweek fixtures. We've got plenty of um, County Cup action, both in Wiltshire and in Somerset. And good luck to all of our member sides who are um, playing in those games. But we're really going to focus our attention on the fixtures starting on Saturday, the 12th of October. What's important about that, listeners, it's non-league day. It's the day traditionally that falls on a... Um, uh, on an international break when um, the non-league tries to take a focus away from professional football and f- uh, supporters who would otherwise be going perhaps to watch um, um, sides in the Premier League or the, um, or the, um, uh, the English Football League. Uh, come and watch or encourage to watch um, non-league football. So we hope that, like the ground hop and many of the attendances that we've been talking about on this week's edition of the podcast, we hope that our sides get another bumper attendance of interest from people across the country who are interested in watching grassroots football. Uh, And what better way to kick us off? Uh, we've We've got the FA Vars first round. Which side has tickled your fancy in that competition, Tom?
1: I've gone for the. Uh, I think it's the only uh, all all tool station, uh, the Western League tie. Uh, that's between Tavistock and Shepton Mallet. Uh, Mallet, a couple of tough results uh, and uh, an away trip to take on Tavistock, who have uh, you've already shown. Uh, FA competitions are definitely for them. So uh, yeah, tough one for for Mallet, but I like. I've liked what I've seen from them. I'd, I'm not going to say it, it's just a blip, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm confident now capable of coming back and uh, finding a bit of form and maybe that starts away at Tavistock on Saturday afternoon
0: As, as if those two sides don't play each other enough
1: Absolutely, yeah
0: and, and they've got to play each other again twice more in the league um, Anyway, fantastic stuff Yeah, they know I,
1: each I, other well <laughs>
0: They certainly do, I think a little bit too well I think both managers would, would have appreciated a different draw in that competition But anyway, um, it will be an absolute humdinger, that's for sure um, I'm going to go for a taste of the continent. Not really; it's the FA Vars, um, but Newport, the Isle of Wight, uh, on the Isle of Wight, they um, entertain our very own Bridgewater Town. Of course, Bridgie going really, really well. So I, I'd really like, you know, I, and, and please forgive me, any Bridgewater Town fans listening to this, but I've really got them penciled in as favourites there. It's going to be a, it's going to be a hell of a trip um, to get from Bridgewater down to the Isle of Wight, and it involves a boat, so it feels like, you know, it could be, it could be. A, a, a European adventure for Bridgewater. A Cross-Atlantic
1: trip, yeah.
0: It could be. I mean, frankly, <laughs> after the um, after the thirty-first of October, who knows? Maybe Bridgewater <laughs> would need a passport to get back onto the mainland. Um, will we get a backstop for the Isle of Wight? who could say anyway let's not go down that road Tom no no, let's get that will get (laughs) us into all sorts of that will get us into all sorts of trouble moving swiftly on to the Premier (laughs) Division of course we do wish all of our sides in FA Vars action um, the very very best of luck and we're bringing you the best of those um, results um, on next week's podcast but moving into the Premier Division we've still got plenty of Premier Division action and uh, which game has um, tickled your fancy uh, on Saturday Tom
1: yeah, so I think there's five Premier Division matches on, on Saturday. I've gone for Clevedon versus hallen. Um Yeah, both suffered uh, pretty heavy defeats recently. So, uh, yeah, they want to rebound and no better chance than and Saturday and non-league day. So hopefully, yeah, big big crowd, as you say. Hopefully three-figure uh, crowd get down there. Uh, and uh, and clevedon hallen uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that one plays out.
0: Well, I've gone for two of the characters uh of our of our league we've got wellington against odd down that's um clive jones against lee Rendell. um i'm sure that will be a highly competitive um uh fixture both sides have been in in and out form i think it would be fair to say uh this um this season so it'd be interesting to see who um who who is triumphant in that particular fixture and uh, in the first division tom which um, which game has caught your eye there
1: the one I plumped for was Calm versus Wales, uh, both towards the 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 summit um, of the of the table. I think that was probably yeah, just the one that that, that jumped out most, and uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. And yeah, but there is plenty of uh, first division action. Not many in uh, FA Vars um, uh, in in the Vars this weekend. So uh, yeah, plenty of games to choose from. But I plumped for Calm versus Wales.
0: And I'm going to rather selfishly go for the game that I will be at. Now, some people looking at the fixture list might think that is Devizes town against Bishop Sutton. It won't be. I will be at Southfield's recreation ground when Radstock Town take on Cheddar. Now, of course, one of the great things about both of this club Both of these clubs it's proving increasingly um, 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 likely to say is that uh, we never quite know which version is going to turn up. They're both gloriously, consistently, inconsistent. I mean, more so possibly for Radstock, But certainly both sides um, up at the top of the table. It's a Somerset derby. Both of these teams aren't separated by a great deal of geography. And uh, I think there'll be a good crowd there. Hopefully for non-league day, there'll be a fantastic crowd there. Um, But also it'll be a competitive game. And it may be. Maybe, just maybe, it will tell us something about the first division title race. But that's the game I'm going to be at. That's excellent stuff. Now, we have one more duty to do, Tom. We won't be doing the goal scorers this week as we did them last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have a quick look at the league tables. Sure. And uh, if I dare say so myself, it does look like the top three in the Premier Division are starting to pull away. We are seeing a little bit of daylight between third and fourth.
1: Potentially, yeah. So the top three, I think they probably are your, your big three. Uh, Plymouth Parkway, uh, early season, um, definitely had a had a good run. They've played nine and they've got 22 points. Uh, you've got Bradford a point back. They've played eight and they're on 21. Uh, and then Bridgewater, um, nine games played. They're on 20. Uh, and then, yeah, little little gap of four points to to Westbury and Clevedon uh, and a couple of other big sides, such as Bitten, uh, Exmouth and, and, and the like that are, among the chasing pack on 15. So yeah, maybe a little little breakaway, but I think that can come back. They can definitely come back to the pack uh, with a with a with a couple of weeks uh, further action.
0: Yeah, a little bit more closely bunched at the bottom of the table. Wellington on six points as are Roman Glass. But Roman Glass, well, that's a bit of a statement win they had over Shepton Mallet. So perhaps we can expect better things of them to come. Only a point above them chipping Sodbury Town. Again, they had a good win at the weekend. So um, perhaps their woes are behind them. Not, of course, helped by the... um, the lateral movement that wasn't at the end of last season. I know that affected their playing squad and management, so that was an issue. Bridport, of course, they're in 18th. they They've on seven points as well. They've changed their manager. So um, we're certainly seeing some uh, clubs ringing the changes at the bottom of the division, and Keynesham Town down there in 17th as well. They've played eight. Most of the sides um, around them have played ten and we've heard some good things about Cancham and the way that they've started life in the uh, Premier Division. So I don't believe that there'll be any pushovers. Uh, now then, it's things are much more closely bunched at the top of the First Division. Tom, I, I don't even know where to begin with this one.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not sure. Every team suffered a loss. Uh, usually, well, the last couple of years, we've had a couple of sort of runaway runaway sides. Maybe not quite this early, but, but by sort of Christmas, you've had sort of your... Your in and your cheddars and what have you, and Hengrove. I think the the season before, um, but this year it is ridiculously uh, tight, isn't it? Um, you've got Cawthorne currently leading the way. They've played nine, they've got seventeen points. Wincanton also on seventeen, but they've only played eight. Uh, you've then got a couple of teams on sixteen points, uh, which is Wells and Oldland, and they've played eight and ten respectively. And then, yeah, three more teams on fifteen: in Cheddar, Ashton, and Sherborne. So all those teams within. Uh, two points of each other at the top of the table and that's the top seven and then you've got a little uh well the smallest of gaps to the next next couple of sides I mean the fluctuation in this league it's the teams are moving around uh, uh, ridiculous as I say it's pretty ridiculous filling in the the table every week it's amazing how much how much change there is and uh, yeah that looks like it might continue for a little while there's yeah quite a lot of parity I would say in the first division and it's uh, yeah it's going to be a fascinating uh, f- fascinating next few months
0: Oh, absolutely. When I was at Devises on Tuesday, I when we were two nil up, I was I was I was about to sing we're gonna win the league. And mm-hmm. frankly, had we got, you know, a few more points, we would certainly be a lot higher up the table. But anyway, that aside, um Bristol telephones of course couldn't go above um uh, Bishop Sutton if results go for them at the weekend. We've got Welton Rovers down there. We know that they're capable of getting a result on their day. Very, very um uh, bunched uh, at the bottom of the table which we'd expect at this early uh, time of the season. I don't think anybody needs to panic just nope, yet. Absolutely not. Um, but certainly everything to play for. Well, that concludes our business uh, for this week. Um, Tom, thank you very much indeed for your time. We've obviously been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that?
1: Yeah, in the in the usual places uh, on the website. There's uh, a tab along the top and it's also uh, downloadable on the homepage. So a couple of spots for for you to download that and that's usually out every Sunday lunchtime or so.
0: Excellent stuff. Right then, well I look forward to catching up with you Tom after non-league day on mm-hmm. the Talk Station Western League Podcast.